Welcome back to the Additive Snack Podcast. I'm your host, Fabian Adelfeld, and today we're covering the last episode of the season. In this season, we covered various guests all in the medical space, and we also focused on various verticals of the medical industry. In this final episode, we've invited one of the leading additive manufacturing contract manufacturers in the medical, aviation, and even other industries. And that is Precision ADM, Precision Advanced Digital Manufacturing. Today, we're welcoming Derek Van to the show. Derek is the VP of Medical and Industrial Sales and Business Development at Precision ADM. And he has an extensive experience in building successful additive manufacturing production chains. Derek, welcome to Additive Snack. Wow. Thank you very much. That's a very, very nice uh, introduction. Thank you very much. For sure. So let's let's dive right in and start with you and Precision ADM. How did you get into additive and who is Precision ADM? All right. Well, great question. Um, it goes back about eight years ago where, uh, you know, our president, Martin Petrak, had come up to me and, uh, you know, asked me to join an exciting new venture that he had going uh, mm -hmm. and it was called Precision ADM. Uh, I didn't know much about additive at the time, but he said, you're going to want to start to do some research. Uh, you're going to want to start to have some good understanding of this. And uh, we'd love to have you come on board and, and grow our sales department. So I said, yes, obviously uh, the learning curve was quite steep. So not only what I learned on the road at the trade shows and whatnot, I was able to bring that back to our team. And yeah, from there, it was uh, an exciting, very adventurous, and it hasn't stopped with every day and the changes that happens in our industry all the time. So here I am eight years later. Yeah. That's the, the exciting part about additive. Uh, it yes. changes daily. And if I remember correctly, you came from a very different career. Oh out of yeah. Manufacturing, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, where I cut my teeth was as an entrepreneur here in Winnipeg and I started a, a small cellular phone business when I was about 20, 21 years old. So wow. I had run that business for 15 years uh, with a partner here. We had four different locations, about 40 employees, and we ended up selling the uh, business about 10 years ago. So it was, uh, it was time for me to make a change. And then, uh, of course, there's a significant amount of differences from selling cell phones, and it's very transactional and, uh, and all the rest of that. But uh, what it looks like on in the industry that it, we're currently here in, in additive, it's far more technical. The selling cycles are far longer and uh, the relationships are much deeper uh, for sure. Uh, but uh, I do have to say the, the beginning of all of that with cell phones and, and understanding business, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have that for the rest of my life. It was a very, very exciting time for me. And I learned at a young age a bunch of different things that, uh, you know, you're going to carry on forever. So, yeah, yeah, no, I can yeah. only imagine. And yeah. it's, you know, very different levels of oh, uh, yeah. capital investments yeah. <laughs> uh, as well. And now you sell full solutions and production capacity really to end users. Who is Precision ADM? Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's talk a little bit about Precision ADM. Obviously, we're a contract manufacturer specializing in additive manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our quality systems include AS9100, 9001, ISO mm -hmm. 13485, you know, we have controlled goods. We're pretty well, if not the most certified additive manufacturing company here in Canada. So wow. for all the needs, and of, of course, on the medical side, the majority of our clients are in the U.S. 
Okay, very interesting. Yeah. And yeah. let's talk about that a bit more. So what types of applications are running right now in your uh, in your systems in your in your facility? Yeah, I mean, right now, they're, they're, you know, medical is probably 70% of our business. Um, okay. We see a lot of different applications that are going through. Probably mm -hmm. one of the biggest opportunities is a tibio trays that run through on a significant amount of volume. Uh, we have lower extremity projects that are going through as well, two uh, foot surgery projects uh, that I you know, probably can't say too much about because they're still in the development stages and getting to production. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely uh, that situation where, you know, on the medical side, we get to see a bunch of different types of projects deal with a bunch of different types of new companies that are up and coming. And then all the way from where they start when they're prototyping all the way to where they go to uh, serial production. So super interesting. And, yeah. you know, what, what makes you guys unique, obviously, is that you're, you're not only focused on the medical vertical, you're also in, in a few others. Can you talk about that? Yeah, of course. And, and you know, that's a that's a, a very good point. I mean, our quality systems uh, run from our aerospace side into medical and then, of course, the quality system that allows us to even do you know oil and gas. But, you, you know, a good kind of segue into understanding the busyness and, and the selling cycles and whatnot is simply what COVID did to us. So COVID, uh, you know, kind of stalled the aerospace when it came to, you know, production, R&D and whatnot. And the mm -hmm. whole, you know, on the medical side, that just kept the business running kind of steadily all the way through COVID. And then, of course, you notice, uh, you know, in the last 12 months since uh, the end of the pandemic, that a lot more aerospace activity is there. You see the OEMs re-engaging on the R&D side, mm -hmm. and then we see kind of production coming back. And, you know, I should probably mention on the energy side as well, because we already, with our clients on, uh, you know, oil and gas, we are already seeing an increase year over year. You know, we're only about six months into our fiscal uh, year here mm -hmm. and are already exceeding what we did last year with them. The MRO activities is very, very exciting for gas turbine engines on land. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to see a few really significant, uh, maybe even announcements in the coming weeks and months with what we're able to do on that side. And then, you know, I didn't even mention like micro turbines that we're working on the R&D side. So it's very exciting. It's getting these projects kind of near that, that finish line and into serial production, like we talked about on the, on the medical side. But it's very, very interesting right now. Super interesting. And, you know, you're, you're living proof that additive manufacturing allows for supply chain agility. But you're not, if you're not locked in like you guys on one vertical where you obviously see counteracting demands uh, yes. just based on uh, the economic environment that we're, that we're in right now. And, you know, I just listened to the podcast this morning. Now we're, we're heading towards uh, deflation, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. We all have to be a bit more agile and it's, oh, it's more difficult, more difficult to plan. That really allows you to, to maintain that agility. I do have a funny story. Keep your train of thought there. But Martin's mom, who, who's our president, okay? she said to the three of us as we were in Martin's kitchen, and I grew up with Martin since, since we were childhood friends, yeah. When we were 20 years old, just before our, you know, or 18, just before we were getting into university, just uh -huh. like what you said. So this is probably 30 years ago. She said, if you guys aren't able to change and adjust and be agile, that's the world's changing. So you need to do that. 
and Marquetta said that to Martin and I got 30 years ago. So sorry, yeah, I thought exactly. I'd say that. Yeah. No, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's 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 more uh, true than ever. Yeah. It's 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 very hard to plan. But if we have that technology that allows us to maintain this agility also in manufacturing, I think that's huge. And what you yeah. said earlier, you know, uh, your medical clients are are in production. You are yeah. in R and D stages in the aviation industry as well as in, in, in energy, but also MRO. So just really maintaining equipment, leveraging oh, yeah. additive manufacturing. Can you talk a little bit about what the processes look like to take somebody from those R&D stages all the way into production? And how do you guys guide these organizations and the engineers through that process? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, I, I'll just stick with the common theme on the medical side and I'll, I'll walk through it's I developed uh, or we developed here a three step process for our medical device companies. Mm -hmm. And that's taking them all the way through the prototyping concept, proof of concept, where simply they have a great idea. It's on their computer screen, but they haven't yet felt it. It wasn't quite tangible or it wasn't on a boardroom table yet for them to kind of really review or maybe even, you know, at the early stages, you're quite frankly, you're looking for investors. So at that point, it's always nice to have something. And that's, I refer to as step one. So you have something, it's now tangible, you can show people. And additive manufacturing simply allows you to kind of turn whatever's on your computer screen and have it quickly in your hand, where traditional manufacturing methods never did that. And then step two is after you've kind of completed, you know, your prototype, you, you got something that you're quite happy with. Now what you're doing, you're working with us and we're simply, I know we're, we're validating all the manufacturing steps. We have full traceability on all uh, on your part from, you know, when it's uh, on the AM machine all the way through uh, the post-processing. We're basically, At this point, we're creating, you know, all the information and supporting documentation you need for 510K or whatever regulatory path that you may be on. And mm -hmm. then, of course, step mm -hmm. three is where every single one of the clients wants to get to, and that's serial production. So once you get into serial production, then that's, that's you know, that's the promised land. You've already have, you, you've went through the full process. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm just sta stating step one to, to three It's uh, the words maybe uh, come out a little easier than all the hard work that's an engineering and development that's actually needed in those three, uh, three steps. And, and sure. I'm sure there's many steps inside each one of them, but uh, that's how we've broken it down internally. And that's how we walk our clients through each one of these processes. So I should just mention one more thing just quickly about that. And it's, The clients can engage us in each one of those steps. You, don't, you mm -hmm. simply don't have to start with step one, where we know all the projects do begin. You may already be an OEM that, uh, you know, is having current supply chain issues and looking for a contract manufacturer to take that over. And that's where, you know, we can step in and help you, of course. Yeah. And I want to talk about that concept a bit more in a second. Before we jump there, it also sounds straightforward and easy to serve various industries. How straightforward and easy is it? What are the similarities between the aviation and the medical industry when it comes to additive and to production? And also, what are some of those differences that might make it a bit challenging? That's a good one. Because when we got into this and fully, you know, what people don't understand here in Winnipeg, actually, we have one of the probably the second largest aerospace contingents in Canada. 
so we knew our our background comes from the Orthopedic Innovation Center, which we'll kind mm-hmm. of touch on here in a moment. But so our background was medical, but understanding the aerospace side and certainly having that contingent here in Winnipeg, that allowed for you know an appreciation of what it takes in that. So getting back to your original question and having the quality systems that we have, you know, people think the industries because they are so very different. There are quite a lot of similarities and the similarities are, you know, having those quality systems in place. A lot of the materials we use, we see them, you know, titanium, cobalt, chrome, we see them on either side of the fence. And Mm -hmm. then, of course, you know, you get into the manufacturing as well. And it's very, very similar. The differences that you kind of that when we get into uh, the minutiae and and kind of run it through the manufacturing it is into maybe inspection might be a little bit different. There's a few okay. different inspection techniques that are done on the aerospace side that you don't see quite frankly on the on the medical side. And then how we validate our parts. We use terminology like PQ on the on the medical side, and then you don't see that on the on the aerospace side. So there are a, a few things, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting that actually uh, coming from the medical side allowed us to do what we did on the aerospace side so yeah yeah super interesting and as we said you know that's how you maintain your your agility and you know frankly also keep your production capacity capacity up and and talk about production capacity now a lot of organizations when they're getting into additive they they have one big question that is should we vertically integrate or should we should we use an external organization to produce can you talk a little bit about those decisions that your customers made to yeah. go with Precision ADM as a as a production partner, and what are those criteria that they think about when when selecting you guys? And that's a great question because I think any small to mid level company would would look at that right. Like you, mm-hmm. you simply, I almost come back to the. I look at it a little bit differently, and I almost come back to what are we good at. Right. And, and I yeah. think every company would just have to ask themselves that. So when you look at these small guys that are a mid-level, you know, medical designer, manufacturer who's developing a new product, you know, so that is what they're good at. Are they good at manufacturing? And, and of course, the barriers to entry are the costs associated with buying this equipment. The equipment could be, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or depending on your cap- capacity, it could be a million into the millions of dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. simply you have a machine on your floor and you haven't built anything yet. So what does that look like as far as a steep learning curve? And of course, you know, EOS is great for understanding, supporting clients. I'm I'm not, not suggesting that that's not the case, but I mean, in the end, you know, when they close the door, they're alone, they're trying to figure things out. Right. So that could be quite steep. So those are the types of things that I think go into working with a contract manufacturer like us who already has the infrastructure in place already has the engineering horsepower already has the experience we make good parts this is what we do fda registered you know we've been there we've gone through the process we've dealt with others so i think clients at that point they kind of want to lend themselves to dealing with a company like this like us Mm -hmm. that has the experience that can simply walk them through each one of these processes, understand it. And then, of course, you know, not every project goes smoothly, you know, like, quite frankly, you know, so that's why we are so engineering rich on our side, so that when these types of things come up, then we can work with them, 
fix any any particular any problems that we might run into and then get to where everybody wants to is steady state production yeah i think to just summarize that i think you touched on it perfectly right the the two big hurdles are a capex it's yeah. a capital intensive industry manufacturing in general that's just the game right yeah but also especially when we talk about additive manufacturing you do need you, you need talent yes. building talents yeah. and and buying talent and hiring talent is is not that easy so it's definitely a investment not only financially but also uh, committing and uh, and retaining talent which is which is not that easy you touch on a perfect point and and when we quite frankly you know when when we started the business or when martin started the business you know 10 10 years ago and we finally got going about eight years ago there was no such thing as an additive manufacturing engineer right yeah. so although we have a wonderful engineering school here here in manitoba at university of manitoba typically our mechanical engineers were people that we've hired and they wanted to be a part and work with this technology but we grew our our staff our engineering staff and you kind of grew them from you know from the start and although they're very very smart people we just didn't you you kind of gain that experience by hiring these people and, and growing the people. And it's, uh, that, that was very, very exciting because our team is so young and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and now we have the, our young at eight years ago, and now we simply have that experience and then went through so many different projects. So, yeah, but you touch on a very good point because back then it just simply didn't exist. And now, of course, our industry has changed all that with the university having programs and additive and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's definitely one of the key engagements that we also see with with our customers, right, is to, to yes. build that workforce for, uh, for yeah. those companies. And I think what we we also see a lot is, is definitely a hybrid approach, right? I, I do want to build up expertise in additive manufacturing as an OEM internally. And I may start a center of excellence, but once I develop applications... A, I want to push those into the supply chain to only focus on innovation or also bring in a partner like you guys for innovation projects because you guys do see so many different types of applications yes. across industries, which I think can also be a huge innovation driver for OEMs. And I want to get your point on that, you know, because you see so many different types of applications. Where is the industry going from your perspective? Not only in AM as general, but also in AM and medical. And how are you guys pushing the industry forward? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, outsourcing, we have seen that a common theme with some of our clients right now where they had some of that know-how in-house. But, you know, you know, and I hadn't mentioned this before, but I wonder if some of their overhead is just so high. You know, we're dealing with a mm -hmm. company like Precision ADM that's a little smaller, nimble, like maybe we can get that those parts to them at, you know, at a reduced cost and, you know, kind of get to where, you know, we, their, their parts are now more attractive in, in that regard. And, and of course they, they have all those manufacturing processes dialed in that we can, you know, kind of emulate. So um, a okay. few other things that I think are, are playing heavy in our industry as well as the software development. Um, I think running, uh, you know, allowing our machines to run even faster, more efficient, Smart Fusion that EOS has developed. I think that's uh, that's amazing technology. That's definitely helping us right now. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely mm -hmm. material development. Sure. You know, traditional materials that we have seen. You know, through traditional manufacturing methods, they weren't always there on the additive side. 
So now what that has done with, you know, over the course of the last few years in material development, that has opened a whole bunch of new doors for applications that we are seeing, especially on the turbine side. We just simply didn't have those materials at the time. And now mm-hmm. we kind of mm-hmm. are getting there where we have the materials and the developers is, is, is moving forward, uh, you know, very, very fast. I think, you know, we probably should mention AI. I mean, it's playing so heavy in so many different industries. And I'm sure it's going to do the same with us with as we grow and and different efficiencies are gained. And then probably, you know, the biggest thing that's happened to us that potentially could change the industry as well is our, our relationships. And those relationships right now with that announcement that we've had over the last six months with EOS, TicoMet and the Orthopedic Innovation Center, you know, not only is that make Precision ADM unique, but I think that's going to make a unique offering to the whole uh, medical industry. And, and maybe, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we can take this model out of medical and bring it to other industries as well. So in that, I mean, the whole idea of this relationship with, uh, with EOS, TicoMet, the Orthopedic Innovation Center and Precision ADM was to try to get more development on the medical side on EOS platforms. And I mean, you, you simply have a match made in heaven with all those companies. You have TicoMet, the largest contract manufacturer of traditionally manufactured medical devices in the world. You have mm-hmm. EOS that has the, you know, simply the best technology when it comes to Metal AM. You have the Orthopedic Innovation Center here in Winnipeg that, you know, has ASTM standard testing and validation for all medical devices. And then you have your additive manufacturing experts and precision ADM. So I think that relationship and allowing clients, like the whole idea is to make it easy for the clients. So the clients, yeah. like they should not be confusing. They should be able to, in the development of, of what they have, again, on their computer screen, they should be able to bring that to the market. And there should be something available for them to do that in the market. And, and this relationship, we feel, does that. And then the last thing that we, we really are pushing is the speed to market. Because we mm-hmm. fully understand that, you know, in the development, things take time. And it's, you know, it's, it's a, typically a long development process of understanding and the testing and whatnot. But if additive can help in any way to streamline those processes and get your product quickly to market, then the technology should be used for that. All of these points are are very interesting and from my perspective are actually a testament of the continuous maturity of additive manufacturing right if you look at innovative technologies when they first hit the market everybody's somewhat fending for themselves and is trying to be first and is trying to be the most innovative player in the market once you see some consolidation you see some partnerships emerging to improve the the speed to market of, Mm -hmm. of, of the end users and once you see additive manufacturing as a technology to improve speed to market compared to conventional manufacturing, that's somewhat of a of a very interesting tipping point that could certainly see uh, where I could certainly see additive manufacturing gaining some 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 more momentum in the industry. And you see champions now inside of each one of these companies that have fully embraced the technology and then allow for that company to understand the technology better. And then work yeah. with companies hand in hand, like Precision ADM, TicoMed, EOS, and then bring their product to market. 
it's it's really that simple perfect simple is <laughs> the perfect ending to the season really yeah right we want to make it simpler and easier for yes. for folks to get into additive manufacturing to take out the mystery of additive and that's really yes. what this this whole season was about so thank you derek for oh, for God. being on additive snack and sharing your experience with us well you know thank you very much for allowing us to be a part of this and telling the precision adm story we really appreciate it Awesome. So this wraps up the season of uh, the Other of Snack podcast, as I just mentioned. A huge thank you to you, Derek, and also to all of our other guests for sharing their insights with me and our, our listeners out there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or now on YouTube, which we're uh, just starting to uh, get into as well. And as we close this chapter, please remember that the world of additive manufacturing, as we just discussed, is ever evolving and uh, we'll be here to keep you updated. So make sure to subscribe to the Additive Snack podcast on your favorite platform to not miss our next season and our upcoming episodes. And until then, I'm Fabian Allefeld, your host, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>